she wanted me to bless her again. And then she says, oh, nobody knows how hard it is to come back when one has tasted the goodness of God and then fallen away. For I have wept and I have lamented so long and in this hopeless state. I didn't even dare to ask you to come for I thought that there was no more grace for me. But it was her daughter who had sent the word. And when I was ready to depart, she said to me again, Oh, bless me once more, and pray that God will give me the strength so that I can believe. It is something, beloved, that we should realize we haven't the strength ourselves to believe, and if God doesn't give us the strength, then it is impossible. No matter how much we are urged, how many times we are blessed, for none of us can give others any other the, 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 the strength to believe. We cannot justify nor sanctify a single soul. Therefore, the warning is for all of us that we would remain faithful to him who loved us and gave himself for us, who washed us in his own blood and made us acceptable to the Heavenly Father. But the uh, Apostle, as we began in our text, says, But beloved, for we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. The apostle wasn't uh, accusing them of uh, committing uh, this sin, but he was just speaking, warning what can happen if a person goes so far when he has fallen as to trample upon the blood of Christ and to call it an unholy thing. For his hope and desire was for far better things for the, for the children of God in Jerusalem and he goes on to say, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, that ye have ministered to the saints, and do minister. God is not unrighteous. He remembers all that we do to the least of these, our brethren. 
And on that last day, God will not ask us uh, what uh, church we belong to or what we believed, but what fruit our faith has borne. For he says, when I hungered, ye gave me to eat. When I thirsted, ye gave me to drink. When I was a, a, a naked, ye clothed me. A stranger, ye took me in. Sick and in prison, ye visited me. But the children of God, when they are urged by the love that was in them that divine love that God instills in our heart as St. Paul states the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost that is given unto us they keep no record of what they do they do not allow the left hand to know what the right hand does Therefore they ask, Lord, when did we see thee hungering or thirsting or naked or a stranger or sick at, or in prison and did these unto thee? The Lord answers, In so much as ye did it to the least of these, my brethren, ye did it unto me. And I know, beloved, that this uh, congregation here in New Ipswich has for so many tens of years ministered to the saints. And I am happy to see that you still do minister to them. And my, out of my heart, a blessing goes forth that may God continue that good work that your fathers and grandfathers before you have done out of love toward the Savior who loved us first. And from the heart I want to thank you for your gifts uh, to the least of the brethren, to the Nigerian mission. May God richly bless you for that. And now for, with loving care, ministering to us who have come into your midst, and this evening we must say farewell. God only knows whether the next time we will meet we can greet in the land where the righteous dwell, where there will be no parting anymore, but where we can join our voices with the hosts of heaven to sing the praises of him who loved us and gave himself for us. And I feel greatly indebted and I, as I said uh, to
to your chairman after the afternoon service that I need to have forgiven my coldness of heart toward him and toward others that were uh, that here is in the congregation oh beloved who am I to judge anyone who am I to have a cold heart toward anyone who is a child of God who has been washed in the blood of the Lamb therefore I humbly ask your forgiveness and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence of full assurance of hope unto the end. This is my own desire and my hope and prayer for every one of you. For I cannot see a single child of God that I would want to push out of the way, out of the narrow road that leads to eternal life. But that I I could uh, put my arms around you all. Oh, that the young and the old would go hand in hand, blessing one another, upholding and helping one another, that no one would be left on the way, but that all might reach the goal and attain the reward. For we are all striving for that same goal, and there is a crown awaiting every single one who is faithful unto death. Oh, may the day soon come when I too can exchange the cross for a crown. Grant, O oh Lord, that soon a weary traveler could enter into the rest that thou hast prepared for thine own, for there is a rest for the people of God. Let us strive to enter into that rest. Let us strive to keep faith in a good conscience. Let us strive to lay aside every weight and sin that so often besets us. Let us strive to patiently run the course that is set before us. May God give us patience and long-suffering and meekness and humbleness and love and faith. And may we strive to keep our eyes centered on the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ the righteous, who for the joy that was set before him suffered the cross, despised the shame, and now sitteth on the right hand of the throne of God. 
Oh, beloved, the Lord willingly suffered the cross and despised the shame when he looked forward to the joy of having you and I and all the redeemed one, ones with him in glory, that he could go to the Father and say, Father, here I am and the children that thou gavest me. That ye be not as slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We are not to be slothful. We are to be diligent and vigilant so that we will be watching and praying that he will not come by surprise, but that we will be awaiting his coming. And that as long as he keeps us here, let us work for the night is coming when no one shall labor anymore. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Yes, beloved. Abraham had to wait long for the second portion of the promise that God made with him when he left the land where he was living, left his father's house and his kindred to journey toward the land that God promised to give to him, a land that flowed with milk and honey. That promise was soon fulfilled. But when he promised that he would make a great nation out of him, that promise was not fulfilled so soon. He had to wait long until he was a hundred years old and Sarah was ninety before the first and only son was born to them. And when Isaac was thirteen years of age, God tried Abraham sorely. For he said to him, Take thy son, thine only son Isaac, to the land of Moriah, to the mountain that I will designate, and offer him up as a burnt offering. We know that Abraham loved his son. It was hard for him to relinquish him from his heart. But he believed in the promise of God 
For when they came to the designated place, and when Abraham laid the wood on Isaac and took the fire and the knife in his own hand, and they began to ascend the mountain in silence, Isaac broke that silence and said, Father, here is the wood, the knife, and the fire, but where is the lamb for the offering? We see how Abraham held fast to the promise of God when he answers, God will provide an offering, my son. But God allowed Abraham to go so far that he built the altar, he laid the wood in order, he looked around, but no substitute offering could he behold. He bound his son, laid him on that altar, took the knife from his sheath, and with his arm upraised, he looked upon his son as though he were dead. He relinquished him from his heart. Then God stayed the hand in which the knife was held. For from heaven the voice was heard, Abraham, Abraham, strike not thy son, neither do any harm to him. For now I behold that thou fearest me, and hath not withheld from me thine only son. When Abraham turned to see from whence that voice came, he beheld a ram that was caught by its horns in a thicket. And now came to pass that which Jesus stated, Abraham longed to see my day. He saw it, and he rejoiced. Now Abraham saw God's plan of salvation that though we are worthy of death for we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God God has provided a substitute offering the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world Jesus our Lord and Savior and when the this dawned on Abraham. He released his son. He laid hold on the ram and he offered him up as a offering in the place of his son. And when the blood of the altar, uh, offering hit the bottom of the altar, the blessing of heaven fell upon him. For the voice said, Blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee, so that thy seed shall be as the stars of heaven and the sand by the seashore innumerable. Isn't it so, beloved, that when the blood of the sacrifice, when the blood of Jesus Christ it's the bottom of our heart that the blessing from heaven falls upon us. Oh, that wonderful cleansing and reviving living blood that flowed from the wounds of our Savior. 
It is the only means of salvation that we have. We have enemies all around us. The devil, the world, and our own corrupt nature. And this corrupt nature of ours is our closest enemy and the hardest one to overcome. For so often it causes the spirit within us to grieve. For the spirit warreth against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. We have a continual struggle as long as we are here. But thanks be unto God that we can be victors. As we read in the twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation, they have overcome him by the power of the blood of the Lamb in their word of testimony. Here is the only means by which we can be victorious. It's the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony for the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb, has to be sprinkled and applied in, in the word of testimony when the forgiveness of sins is testified to us by some brother or sister so that uh, faith that comes from hearing can be created within us and we can believe and receive that cleansing flood that frees us from all our burden and all our sins. Thus, we too have to patiently go forward holding fast to the promises that God has given to us. This is the lively hope that maketh us not ashamed that one day our faith will change to sight, hope to attainment, and that which is in part to the fullness of the glory of God. One day, if we are faithful unto death, we can exchange the cross for the crown and enter in to that heavenly home where in Jesus, our forerunner, has gone as here we are told, for men verily swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Yes, beloved, God has confirmed his oath by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. What are those two immutable things by which God has confirmed his oath? I can find only one the word of God 
that heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall remain forever. And two, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. By both of these he has confirmed his oath. And it is impossible for God to lie. He will fulfill it just as assuredly as we are here tonight. Let us never doubt the faithfulness of our God in fulfilling his promises, the steadfastness of his word, and the changelessness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into, the, into that within the veil. Oh, that our hope would be anchored on the, the rock of ages. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that he would be our all in all, for God hath made him to be unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that our heart will be fully satisfied when he is ours and we are his, when he dwells in us through his Holy Spirit and we abide in him by faith, that then we would have that lively hope that maketh us not ashamed and look forward to the fulfillment of the promise of that inheritance which St. Peter stated, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has begotten us again unto a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, which fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus, our anchor has is cast already beyond the veil. He has entered in. And if we are firmly attached to him by that three-stranded rope, faith, love, and hope, then be loved. The anchor will hold, and though the storms of life may rage, though the winds of diver doctrines may blow, though our craft is frail and the tempest roars, we shall outride the storms of this life. We shall reach the goal. We shall be allowed to enter into that harbor and haven. The land of Beulah will be 
the land where the righteous dwell, where we can rejoice forever in the presence of our Lord and Savior, the loving Father who has that heritage stored up for us that we cannot squander nor can anyone take it from us. Paul beheld his crown for when the end of his race had come he says I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which God the righteous judge shall give me on that day and not unto me only but unto all them also who love his appearing he saw your crown he saw my crown awaiting us therefore let us keep faith in a good conscience and let us be loved go forward young and old hand in hand blessing helping and assisting one another so that we may all reach the goal and attain the heritage and let us believe this evening all our sins and all our transgressions forgiven in Jesus name and atoning blood oh dear unbelieving soul would you not want to believe also would you not like to start off on that journey with the children of God toward that pro heavenly promised land if it is your desire then make yourself known for there is sufficient grace for you and the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin but all you have to do Jesus says ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you may today be your day of salvation may now be the acceptable time this is my prayer for you dear friend in Jesus name Amen chapter 14 we read in verses 21 through 23 and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many 
they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Dear Christians, in the Lord Christ Jesus, St. Paul's first leg of his missionary journey, where he had to establish churches, in his journey he had to visit these churches. We understand that He was driven back from Lystra to Derby, which is about 30 miles southeast, where he had many, where he had made many disciples. As you know, that Paul was a true servant of the Lord. He served him wholeheartedly and the Lord poured the Holy Spirit on him. He had boldness to continue in the service of the Lord. Then he had to return back to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch to encourage the congregations. So that they may be able to continue. This evening, we're going to see what was the main purpose in the mind of St. Paul. Even though he was di driven back, he put, the people wanted to kill him, but he had the boldness to go back to these churches. Therefore, this evening, in the light of our text, let us study Paul's care for the newly established churches. We shall see in the first place, he exhorts them to continue in the faith. Secondly, he provides them with elders. In other words, you can call them pastors. And lastly, he commends them to the Lord. Paul was much concerned with the church which the Lord 
had entrusted into his care. Even though the people, some people from, Ant, from Iconium came back to disturb the, uh, the, the minds of the people here against Paul, Paul did not mind. He knew the presence he was serving. He believed that God Almighty, who had commissioned him to preach the gospel to these people, would enable him to go to these people and strengthen them. So Paul had to go back to these judges. The first thing to do was to exhort them, to strengthen them. He told them that they had to meet with difficulties. Even he himself, as the servant of the Lord, had to meet with difficulties. So that they, when they meet with difficulties, they should not think that the Lord is not there. He is there. Some of, he, some of these difficulties may be help, help to them. They would know that they will have to endure difficulties if they want to remain the true servants of the Lord. That is why he said, somewhere here as we, as we read in verse 13, verse 22, confirming the souls of disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. He had to tell them this. That you young men, you beginners in the Christian way, you will meet with difficulties. These difficulties, people may put you to jail, People may beat you and want to throw you away. I do not want to hear the name of this name, Jesus. But you have to continue in this prayer. There's a reason to continue in this prayer. If you continue in this prayer, then will you have life eternal. The difficulties which you have at the present moment is not to be compared with the glory which will be revealed to us, which will be revealed to you at, at his own appearing. So, Paul had much work to do there in the, well, in the way of advising, exhorting, making them to have their full help in Christ Jesus, the Redeemer, the one who has taken us from the mud of sin by paying the full price redeeming fully 
washed them clean by his precious blood. So it is today. We are here as Christians. We call ourselves Paul's. What commissioned? We are commissioned to preach the gospel of reconciliation, of repentance, of new life to people. We are to do this even when people try to chase us back. When they try to put some roadblock that we may entangle, we may, have, may not have the way out. We should go back. It is not our own work. It is the work of the Savior. The Savior would, would remove the blocks. Then we shall enter. You have many things to do as Christians. So do I. We have to endure difficulties. Temptations, trials of all kinds. But should these stop us from serving our Savior? Paul here, after he had started these churches, he had uh, met with these things. He did not feel like uh, going back. He had to go to these churches to strengthen them. And God helps you. We are to strengthen the churches we have all around in America. We visit them. Talk to them. Show them the light of the gospel. That without this, we who were dead in trespasses and sin. And we could not help ourselves. We were just like a piece of love which could not grow. But new life was injected into us through the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So therefore, we who are alive now, we are to strengthen those who are, who are weak even though they may seem to know Christ. Not to say of those who do not know this dear Savior, but to hear the name Christ Jesus. If you ask them, who is Jesus? Yes, I know. I had read in the Bible that he is the Son of God. Christ, the Messiah, had read that. To know, to know this is not enough. That is head knowledge. It doesn't come to the heart. No benefit. You must make this known to them. Me and me, Christ Jesus, you do not have benefit. It's good to know. But you must know him fully as your Savior. Who forgives your sins and now cleans you 
you become a new man. Paul was much concerned about this. So much we be concerned about this. It is their work. It's their duty after all. Because you were commissioned. You were called in. And we gladly accepted our Lord. If we accepted him as our Savior, we must accept the duty. What he has what he has entrusted into our care. Paul did not drop here. It was not only the exhortations to these churches. These newly established churches. Paul had to provide them with elders or to say pastors. As we read, confirming verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church and prayed with fasting and commanded them to the Lord on whom they believed. Paul knew that after he would return from this place probably he may not have the chance to go back to this place. The Lord might call him, call him to eternity or he may call him to another place that he may not have a chance to go. Paul had to do something so that the work of the Lord would continue even though he is not there. He had to put things in order. His elders would see about these who are the elders. Elders are those who understand Christ and his work of atonement. These are the type of people that Paul used, set them in order, so that they would be seeing about the work of the of the gospel. Or in other words, the pastors elders or pastors Paul put this in order before he left them. Now that we have these newly established churches on earth why do we say newly? That is to say this, why we call it new it is an old. We call it new because these people who come to this knowledge of the truth did not know they are new persons they are babies, therefore, we call it new. We must have people to feed these babies. Less they will be weak and would not be able to work. They must be led by the hand to try to teach them how to work until they come to maturity. So Paul knew this. He had to set things in order so that the work of the Lord must continue well what that is you know any good person any person who has a farm plants everything on the farm and he would leave the farm without taking care of I tell you brother this farm will not be a good farm unless 
you get people around to take care of this weed and do everything nearly in that farm. So that farm will be prosperous. Now God has given us the farm to take care of. And there is this church. We must take proper care of this church. His own church. Are we going to do this? We must try by his own help to put people into this field, into this church. When we, when we say put people, well, you get people into this. You cannot uh, put uh, any person you like into the, into the Lord's vineyard. It must be through your own consultation with God to choose a person who is coming to work here in this farm, in this, in this farm the church so that you will take proper care you cannot send a person who does not know how to weed into your farm he's going to cut all the uh, all the plantings, the young plantings that you put in make it must be a person who knows so and we go to God. I, I hope Paul did not do as he liked. It was through God's will that these elders or pastors had to continue. In fact, the work of the Lord continued. was prosperous in these villages or towns or countries as we may call them. Now, what do we do? Do we leave our churches? The section of the Lord's vineyard which is given to us, open without pleasing people. The people that the Lord uh, calls. If we do not, if we have not done this, let us try and do something. Ask the, the Lord to lead us, to guide us, and choose laborers which could work in this vineyard. Newly churches may not only be in Nigeria, maybe somewhere else in Africa. The Apostolic Lutheran Church has planted this true gospel in Nigeria. If proper case taken, this is going to spread from Nigeria into other parts of Africa. Yet it is true, it is not your work, it is not mine, but you are the instrument. I am the instrument. We must continue to, to be the right instrument in the hands of God so that his so that at last we may glorify him. We have still need of men 
who are, who are truly consecrated ones to come to these newly established churches which were established in Lystra, Iconium and Derby. We have Derby, we have Lystra, we have Iconium right now. Now let's think of this, think of this. Four. The servant of the Lord did not stop after he had provided these congregations with the elders or preachers or workers in other words. We continue to read in verse 23 it says they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed they commended them that is we say we command, commend them to the Lord what does this mean to commend somebody to the Lord they prayed did watch for these people. Let this known to the people that they should also submit themselves to the Lord, that the Lord may use them in the field. This is very, very important. So far, the work of the Lord is not ours. The churches are established, we could say, the newly, the newly established churches by God. Let us uh, put aside the, 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 the word Paul. Paul was only an instrument. It was not he who started it. God himself started it. we have the churches. You should not uh, try to put it on yourself well I started it it is not you it is God who has started it he has used you submit yourself to this this is true so that we must go to him pray ask him seek he has made this promise. When you seek, then you will give. Or you will see. When you ask him, he's ever ready to give. This give us confidence to go to him. Because he always stands on the, his promises. We can fail a friend when we promise to give something to But the Lord will not fail us. He will never fail us. So Paul had to pray, had to commend these people to the Lord so that they themselves would know that they are not worthy of anything. They are there, only mere instrument, on the Lord is all and in all. So what do we do? 
We are now in that very that same position. If we did not know, know this night that you are in that very position of four, we are to commend these babies to the Lord. And these empty instruments to the Lord that He may use them in the proper way for His own glory, not your own glory. Sometimes we make a mistake. We may be walking somewhere in the church and the church will grow and we start to praise ourselves because we have been able to, to do this in the church or been able to do this. What? You are not the Holy Spirit. You are now becoming a standing block because of such statements you make. Who are you? The Lord is in His work. And then you begin to throw in yourself. But the better thing to do, if you are such a person, get out of that because you are not worthy to remain in the field. In, in the Lord's vineyard, you must submit yourself completely. A useless object. I must give glory to God who has chosen me to be in such a position. The servant of the Almighty God. The ruler of heaven and earth. All things that you can see and those you cannot see is the maker. He has called you to his house. To serve him. Then why should you first? Why, do you, why, why should you not submit completely? And ask him to continue to use you. For his own glory. Paul knew this. That was why. He commanded these servants to the Lord. So we must. So must we do. All our workers right here in America, we must submit ourselves to the Lord. Not to say of the newly established churches outside this country. We must pray daily much. If you listen to that, and when they had ordained them, elders in every church, and I prayed with fasting. With fasting. This means something. They did not joke about this. They did not joke about this. They meant it. The time to go and, uh, and eat. They did not mind. It is not wrong to go and eat. But they constrain themselves because there is greater work for them to do. They have to pray. Pray fervently. So that the Lord may use these people. Especially in you. There were hindrances there in these uh, towns when these churches were established. Even he himself was, was chased out. But the Lord who is all in all. Call him, go back. Go ahead and strengthen them. He went back. Successfully. So, what we do here. 
think of some of that, some of that, some other churches which they are now on the way. Some groups, the one the true, the true God. Sometimes you may not know exactly that you are the bearers of this true God. Sometimes we have churches around. As I said some time ago, they mentioned the name of Christ Jesus. You think that that is a true church? Well, sometimes um, it may be that. But many, many times, some of the churches around you see, they do not, even these leaders, they do not know the true way of salvation and they lead these people blindly. But Thank God, He has opened your mind and heart to see this light of the God. Then you must not keep it here for yourself. You must spread it. Take it to Iconium, Lystra, Derby, even though those people, they are some, uh, some obstructions there. But though the Lord will lead the way, so far it is His work. Brother, when we started, when the word started, when the Lord started this with you, uh, you sometimes you did not know exactly what it what it meant. About two years ago, it was um, to some. Uh, strange have, uh, because you have not gone to uh, a place like that since you stayed this life well God knew that this is the right time for you to go out and preach this true gospel to others to enjoy and have this great salvation which you, you have must you step you must try to strengthen this newly established churches. Exhort them. Then provide them with pastors, elders, workers. But sometimes you may not be able to avail yourself. The Lord may call you to somewhere 